Welcome to the McKissick Health Podcast, where we discuss how one choice can ignite your purpose and that one choice will change your life. Okay, so welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today we have another special guest. This guest is actually related to me. This is my brother-in-law, Anthony Collier. We're so happy to have you on the podcast. Anthony is a man of many talents. He is interested in music in poetry, in writing, all kinds of things. He has so many gifts, and I'm so excited we have him on the podcast today to just share his story, his experience, um, and his ambitions, and what he sees around him, and talk a little bit about mental health, too. We're going to talk a little bit about um, how men cope with mental health issues or just the day-to-day living challenges that they face and hear what he has to say on those topics. So, Anthony, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Hello, everyone on the podcast, you know, all the other four formats. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. Is this your first podcast? Yes, as you can tell, I am oh. podcast virgin. So this is welcome. all new to me. I listen to podcasts, but to be a person on it is a little different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so happy. I have the honor of being the first host for you to be on the podcast. Now he'll be on many shows, guys. So take this information at the end so you can invite him on your show. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Anthony. Well, I'm a father of one, um, soon to be, uh, God's willing, to be a foster parent or adoptive parent, may I say, of of many more, um, hardworking you know, just God-fearing man, love my community and trying to help out and, and give advice when I can to younger gentlemen, because uh, there wasn't gentlemen who would give me advice when I was younger and some that did, but, you know, you got to cipher between the good and the bad, between what people tell you and what they do. Um I don't know. I don't know too much, you know, how how far to go with that. But, you know, just 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 being there for others when I can be uh, being motivated to help those who can, you know, that wants help because you got to want help for me to give you help. You know, you can say it is one thing, but to actually put the effort in and be willing to, you know, hear what a person say, like they say, when one ear and out the other sometimes, you know. That's a big thing. Yeah. So mentorship is important to you. And then talk a little bit about your personal life. What do you like doing? What interests you the most? What are you passionate about? Um, Family. I'm very family oriented. You know, I love being on the outdoors and doing different things like that with family, you know, family vacations and, um, you know, being in the yard. I'm starting to get into gardening and stuff like that. So this year I'll be trying to you know, build me some garden boxes uh, out of pallets and stuff, and you know, kind of getting into that part of it, painting them and stuff, so that way they can kind of, you know, look nice on outside the house. You know, try to work on my curb appeal and put in some new plants and all that kind of stuff. You know, just I, I'm real outdoorsy. I like being outdoors. You know, it's real quiet to give you time to you know reflect and think on things and kind of, you know, open up your mind when there's not a lot of noise around. You can do those kind of things, but when it's a lot of noise and a lot of, you know, 
things going on, work and you know, all the different things you have to do when you, you know, in your day to day life. Um, I just try to find that time for myself because you got to have time for self. Absolutely. And you not only enjoy like outdoor activities, but you also fish, which oh, yeah. is rare these days. I would say it's <laughs> rare. I don't think I know two other black men who fish um, and like really go fishing and, yeah. and go hunting and things. But I feel like that's like a lost art form in our community because you have to have licenses like there are obstacles to you just going fishing where it used to be. You know, I think of the rural south where you could just grab your pole and go mm -hmm. to the lake and go fishing or go mm -hmm. to the pond or whatever and go fishing. But say a little bit more about that um, when you were talking about uh, the quietness and being able to like reflect and have that solitude as you garden or just partake in outdoor activities? What do you tend to think about when you do that? I mean, you got to kind of have time to yourself to kind of reflect on your next steps, you know, things that you have to do, things that you normally wouldn't get a chance to focus on, um, you know, having that personal time, mental health, as you, you know, speaking of that, it gives you time to kind of have that, that space to breathe and kind of process some of the things, some of your grief, some of your problems, some, you know, some of your good moments in, in life, you get to process that kind of stuff in those quiet moments. You know, unusually you won't be able to do that if you're in your hustle and bustle of your everyday life going on because you're trying to process life as it's coming towards you. And sometimes you can't process that as it's coming towards you because there's always, you know, road you know blocks and here and there and everywhere so when you go places like fishing and you know you're doing gardening you know it's, it's you by yourself or you and your spouse or just just in general you know you get to talk about certain stuff so if you if you're a person who has a spouse or a girlfriend or a significant other you can always invite them into that space too so you y'all can bounce ideas off of each other you know it's always good it's good to have that time by yourself but also with that significant other or friend or you know whoever it is so that way you can bounce ideas off so that way it's not you just talking to yourself and you may have your neighbors thinking oh he's he's going crazy you know so <laughs> you know you don't do that so I, I just try to uh, try to make try to make time like that I didn't used to but I'm I'm getting to that point now in my life that I am doing that because there were times where I didn't do that. And, and then you get frustrated, you get irritated, you get, you know, you, you, they, as they say, sweeping it under the rug. And at some point, the dirt get too high under the rug and then it starts showing itself. So you got to take those moments where you do stuff like that. And so I, I used to do that kind of stuff when I was little as a kid going fishing, speaking of that. Um, and you know, speaking to my grandfather and being able to uh, be under his guidance and be able to, you know, ask questions that a young man is not unusually be able to ask his mother or somebody, you know, his peers, because they wouldn't understand because they may be in the same space. So as a young male speaking to an older male, that's where I get that from, you know, being able to if they ask, be able to give them some form of advice or guidance in a direction they can go. I'm listening to you and I think of like, <laughs> as kids, we don't necessarily have the language or the tools that we need. Yes. To cope. 
And then as adults, we figure out like, oh, snap, like this really works for me. Like me sitting in silence really does help me process. And also when you talk about like bringing your spouse into like the the outdoor activities that you do, I think about um, old films. You like old films too. So we can talk about it. Um, How in the old films you used to see like the man outside cutting the grass and the woman would be like on the porch reading a book or just sitting on the porch taking in the sun. Sipping tea, fanning herself, right? And yes. then they like yelling back and forth across the yes. yard. Yes. And it's like this moment that they create, but it's not necessarily as like forced as we would think it would be. Like nowadays, you'd have to argue with your spouse maybe to come sit outside while you cut the grass. And like, yes. The grass gonna be blowing in my face. Yes. All this yes. kind of stuff. But back then it was like typical. Like it was a, a household event. Outside. Yes. So yeah. what would it look like for us to transition back into those um into those mindsets where we see all of these things as like household events right where everybody can partake in them and enjoy them i was also um thinking about you going fishing and you said bringing your spouse or your partner but you also you don't go alone right when you go fishing i have a buddy of mine who has a um a boat and so he invited me some time back see cuz i uh, prior to this i hadn't been fishing since my grandfather and he died uh, 10 years prior to that process. And so that was one of the things he wanted to do before, you know, he went on to the other side. He wanted to go fishing. And I remember all those moments where I did go fishing with him as a young man. And we had those conversations. And a lot of the stuff that I discussed with him when I was younger is coming in play now. You know, it's coming to help me now with a, a five-year-old kid I have you know, five-year-old daughter and um, just different advice in those quiet moments. People don't don't know that there's nuggets uh, of wisdom that's given to you. And so that's why I take those moments to myself to have those quiet moments because you, the things that you would think about when, when it's quiet and you're in your personal space and having your personal moments and everything is not always what you'll get when you're in a hustle and bustle because it's so much processing in your mind when you're going through everything that you don't have that time to focus on something, you know, you get that focus and and you can focus on one particular thing, you know, on grief, on stress, on, you know, different things like that. And in being in a quiet space like that fishing, uh, some people say hunting, you know, depending on who you are, um, you can kind of process life in those moments. Cause like you, like I said, you know, when you, when you work in and, you know, changing kids and school and soccer and all that different stuff, you can't do it. You can't do it because you're trying to take care of what the now is and not the future, you know. And then you put a lot of stuff on the back burner, which a lot of us do, put a lot of stuff on the back burner. And then by the time you get to it, it's a bigger mess than if you would have took care of it right then or took some time along during your week to take care of it right then. Yeah, I agree. I think right now we're just sort of hitting this wave of people understanding that you can't do everything in real time. It's kind of how they talk about it. Like you can't process your life in real time. You can't be all the roles that you need to be in real time at one time, you know, so understanding like is more of a flow that you have to follow where you flow from being a, a father to being uh, an employee to being a friend to being 
a son or whatever your role is, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of flow in and out of those those personalities slash characteristics mm-hmm. and all of that stuff that goes along with each individual role. Yes. Um, but you do tend to like get locked in on one thought or one concept of who you need to be and lead with that. And that can be overwhelming. Welcome to the McKissick Health Podcast Network, where you can listen to immersive story-driven series and interview-based shows, including the McKissick Health Podcast, Creative Conversations with Brianna Elmore, The Experience, and our show, Good Luck Chuck with your favorite host, Key and Bree. Our show engages with listeners through funny but honest storytelling and interviews with other people we know who are navigating everyday problems. We help our Chuck Peak listeners put in the work, be intentional, and figure out how to live better lives. Listen to the Good Luck Chuck podcast on all platforms and follow us on social media at GoodLuckXXChuck. You can also find us online at podcast.mckissichealth.com. Welcome to the room, Chuck Peak. I like um, hearing that sitting at the feet of your grandfather is is like sitting with the elders as yes. we used to say and you learn yes. so much what's one piece of advice that you hold above like all the rest from my grandfather mm-hmm. he always said you never go to a young lady's uh side and decide to marry her and go through the process without bringing something to the table you know it, it, if she's broke you're broke if you're not coming with a mindset that we can make this better, then you kind of might want to leave that alone. You know, you don't you don't go into a situation without bringing something to the table. Uh, my grandfather was real big on family, like I am, and you know he he was a military you know man, and he he always said he had standards. A woman has standards. You have standards. So y'all have to learn each other's standards and what we're bringing to the table as a unit. And not as just one person, you know, You, because then if you fall in, you can tend to make them fall. So you try to make the situation better that you're coming into so that everybody can be better. And y'all bouncing that off each other. She's she's getting better. You're getting better. You may have some days where you're falling. She's there with you to help you up when you're when she's falling. You're there to help her up. And that way y'all have y'all moments of. Uh, greatness together you know you when she's doing great you're doing great when she's you know opposite of each other you know like that yin and yang situation um so that, that, that was just one of the things that he he you know discussed with me as as a kid i was real young i didn't understand it then but as a, a married man now of 10 years i understand it now um you know the things that you bring to the table uh because a woman can do bad by herself so why bring back to her house? Um, and the other thing that he always said, being, being a family man, that you know, you supply, you pro, you know, you um, you pro- provide and protect, as they say, provide and protect. Um, but don't be stuck in your mind about when it comes to processes, because you, we tend to be harder on ourselves when it come to stuff you know you know you're supposed to protect and provide it may come times where you can provide but you can't protect or you can protect and you can't provide but it's, it you know to get that together just working hard on yourself you can get there don't be hard on yourself when that process anything you do 
not just that situation. I just use that as, as a you know example. But in anything you do, don't be hard on yourself. Just reprocess. Have that time, like we were talking about, have that time alone to process what you need to do for self. So self will shine out onto the others. Why do you think people? Um, because not just men, because women go through these problems yeah. too, where they where they have struggles. But from your perspective, since you are a man, why <laughs> why do you think why do you think people um struggle to to cope, or why do they struggle, or I'll say it like this: Why are men hesitant to allow themselves grace, right, during that process? What Ooh. do you think it is? Oh, you, you dropping heavy ones, ain't you? You dropping heavy ones. Um, it's because of past history of what we've been taught. Like you know, you've been taught to provide you, that that a man is to provide, protect, and and to never cry, to not you know to hide. Hide your grief. Hide, hide your stress. You know, you just sweep it all under the rug. You know, I have had mentors or people I've been around who says a man shouldn't cry. A man should never deal with stress. A man should never deal with uh, the hard times in his life. He just go to sleep and wake up and try it again and try it again and try it again. And sweeping it under the rug for a lot of men not every man, but for a lot of men, um, they can't handle that. You know, you can't you can't handle not dealing with it, not having a, a outlet to release that. You know, a lot of people go hunting, a lot of people go fishing. You know, if you don't have an outlet or something or a moment to just sit somewhere and you know, for lack of a word, yell, scream, cry, get that you know, get that out. It, it, it hurts, you know, um, speaking as a person who did that as a young age, uh, went through a lot of stress, a lot of grief and everything. And, you know, I held it in because I was taught that a man should never cry. A man should never deal with those type of feelings, you know, that and I did, as a young age, I didn't have an outlet. I didn't know how to deal with that. So being taught that at a young age and then you get older and then you keep that standard going you get older and then you get other situations because you didn't deal with that situation you know you didn't deal with the stress of your life you know being beat up as a kid or abused or <clears throat> bullied or you know um just talk to a certain way being called stupid things that people don't realize affects them at a young age will affect them when they're older you know, it changes their timeline of the life of them. You know, people, you know, being talked to a certain way or, you know, called fat as a kid or being called ugly as a kid. And then you get older and then that's still stuck in the back of your mind. And a lot of people don't realize it's still there. You think you dealt with it, but you haven't. And when you do go to deal with it, it is like a, a fallen building. Once it falls, you can't stop it. And everything that comes with it, you can't stop it. So that's why um, I, I try to take those times now. Um, I had a moment where, you know, a little bit about, about my you know situation is that I had those type of moments and had some stuff in the past that I didn't deal with as youth or when I got older and 
when I got older one day, I was watching a comedy with my now wife. She was my friend then, but she's my now wife and was watching a comedy and, and everything was laughing like normal, normal day or whatever, like having a movie night. And in the process of watching it, I started crying. And I I didn't know why I was crying. I didn't know what was going on or whatever. I just know I got to wipe my face and everything. And it's still coming. It's still coming. It's still coming. Like that falling building. And when when I really sat down and kind of took that quiet time and, and, and reflected on what was going on, I couldn't stop crying. And it was because something that I was watching triggered something else. You know, triggered the cry, tr- triggered the the opening of the floodgates, as you can call it. Um, and, you know, until I dealt with it, 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 it kept it kept happening. So when it comes to mental health, as far as men, um, you have to reach out for help. You have to reach out for help. Um, you, you I mean, it, even if it's just a, a fellow friend, somebody you really, you know, confided in and really trust, um, you, you know, your, your pastor, you know, your wife, because uh, you're not doing this. You're not, you know, you're not doing this alone. It, it, things that happened to you then can affect y'all now. So that that's a good thing that people need to understand when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like you have to process that male, female, you know, uh, watch the words that you say to kids, you know, because the things you you say to them now as a parent, you know, as a teacher, as a mentor, can affect them later in life. You know, you don't, you may not get to see it, but it does hurt. You know, and people always say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, they do hurt. They do hurt. You may not see it right now, but 10 years from now, that might be the kid that robbed you. That might be the kid that knocked you over the head. You might see that same kid in the newspaper, on the news, or anywhere. You know, that now they're adult because something you said to them then or things that happened to them then affects them now. You know, the time loop uh, doesn't change. The process changes. The person, the kid that that you knew when you said those words to them may be one way. But once they, once they get older, they're a little different, you know. Are you looking for positive music that's guaranteed to improve your attitude? Follow McKissick Health on Spotify and get access to the best playlists for positive thinking. New playlists are available every month with over two hours of free music. We match each playlist to an issue of One Choice Magazine so you can listen while you read the latest issue. Head over to onechoicemag.com to subscribe and follow McKissick Health on Spotify. That's really true. Really true. Words have power or else we wouldn't use them. I always look at people like that makes a lot of sense because it takes words to communicate, body language to communicate. So if words don't hurt, why do we use them? Right. Like, why would you call somebody stupid or ugly or fat if you knew the words wouldn't hurt them? Right. It's, It's a falsehood. Let me tell you, those movies will slip. They will creep up on you when you talk about crying at a movie. I just watched Encanto with your daughter, my niece, and I was over here crying. I was over here crying. And she looked at me and she said, 
are you crying? And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and it's like, because sometimes the messaging in the movie just resonates with you like that. And it is like a deeper meaning behind it, but it also like calls us in to connect with our with ourselves and our minds and our emotions. And that's the point of art, right? That's the point of entertainment, in my opinion. It isn't just to make you laugh, but also to make you cry, you know? Also to make you think critically. And you can choose when you do those things, but it's important that you do both. I got one. See, now in that moment where you were watching that movie with her, uh, do you think the younger you would have reacted the same way? Definitely. I think because the, it was, so that movie, first off, I didn't, I didn't know what it was about, but it definitely <laughs> okay. wasn't about what I, what I realized it was about. Yes. Um, I kept seeing it on social media and people were posting about it, watching it with their kids or whatever. And so when she was over and she was getting restless, I was like, oh, well, you can watch this movie. Like all the kids are watching. I didn't even realize Jacob had a toy from the movie and I'm like oh so all the kids are watching it like you should watch it mm -hmm. so I turn it on and we sit down and I thought it was going to be like you know Moana type like on this adventure it yeah. was Latino culture or something like we're going to get a lot of food we're going to get some singing we're going to get dancing mm -hmm. and then it became um a story I don't want to spoil it for people but it's more so a story about like self-discovery and definement because she kind of gets swept up in the culture of her family and mm -hmm. loses her identity a bit mm -hmm. um, and then has to discover what her identity is. But there's also like these secrets within the family. So, yeah, mm -hmm. my younger self, needless to say, my younger self definitely would have still cried because uh, I'm, I'm one of them people. When I watch a movie, I don't mind having all the emotions. Now, I do not watch horror. Mm -hmm. I don't watch horror films. I mm -hmm. don't watch all of those like somebody popping out the closet kind of stuff. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm growing up in the hood. You just don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to me. Uh, I, and I don't watch it. I don't think it's funny. I don't, don't, I don't go to haunted houses and yeah. stuff. If you pop up, you ready to catch some hands is what I feel. So I don't watch those, but definitely younger <laughs> self would have connected with that. But in a different way, right? Like looking at Looney Tunes mm -hmm. and you watch those cartoons and Road Runner and stuff like that. And then as an adult, you like, that thing ain't gonna never, ain't gonna oh. never catch him. Ain't gonna you know never what? catch him. As an adult, sometimes I watch the stuff that we watched as a kid, and I'm like, why did I watch this? See, the, the only thing is different. It is, it is. As a kid, what you find entertaining. As an mm -hmm. adult, you're like, that's frivolous. Why would I even waste my time on that? Like, you can't get me to sit through a cartoon. And that's what like, I was trying to get to. Yeah, no, you can't get me to sit through a cartoon now just because my mind is like, we're not going to slow down mm -hmm. enough for you to process this mm -hmm. in a genuine, like, mm -hmm. unfiltered way. And that's what you have to do when you watch cartoons, even mm -hmm. when you're watching, like, um, Mickey Mouse and they're having, like, their confrontations and you like, Mickey, just say sorry. Like, we're not sitting here for 30 minutes for you to go through this process. But then you realize, like, kids need that, that longer um, process in order to understand like, oh, how my feelings impact other people or mm -hmm. how my actions impact other mm -hmm. people. So mm -hmm. once you're an adult, no, nah, it won't hit the same. But um, in regard to that movie, it would, it did still hit the same because I just saw myself connect with different characters. Like as a kid, I would have connected with um, 
the main character, but then who didn't have a gift, like this girl didn't have a gift. And then as an adult, I connect with her sister who did have a gift and she knew mm -hmm. what her gift was. And she was, she was like the strong one or whatever. So you see yourself like shift in and out of characters. Like it's like watching a Martin or girlfriends or something like as a younger person watching it, you're like, I'm like me. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, you're like, oh shoot, I'm Joan. Oh no. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh no, I'm Joan. <laughs> and then you're like, but I'm a little Maya too, you know? And mm -hmm. you just like, thank God I'm not Tony. You know, it's just a matter of like uh, where you are. And I like, life. Yeah. I think of films and, and TV shows like that, sort of like personality tests. You have to take them every few years in order to know like what your type is or where yeah. you place or where you fall on the spectrum. Yep. And if you watch the movie throughout your life again and again and again, you'll find yourself identifying with those different characters. True. But you also make an interesting point about yin and yang. And I've recently been looking into this because understanding like that masculine and feminine energy, we're supposed to have both, right? So we're supposed to be able to- They say. Yeah. And if you don't, you're supposed to work on it. And if you find yourself leaning more so on one side, like the more masculine than the feminine, you find yourself also having difficulty doing other tasks. Like as a man raising a daughter, if you're too much in the masculine, how do you connect with your daughter and allow her feminine energy, right, to take up space in the household and in your relationship with her? Even as a woman, if I'm too much in my masculine energy, how do I allow for the tenderness and the kindness that the feminine energy brings to a situation or a relationship? So talk about that. I'll say it like this. What is your greatest joy and what is your greatest challenge as a father? First of all, I grew up in a household full of women or family full of women, um, you know, so to see the softer side of my life. It was it was a reach for me to, to find, a, you know, I, I always seeked the stronger side. So hanging with my grandfather, you know, being around my football coach, you know, getting involved in, as they claim, quote unquote, men, manly like sports and activities to get that type of advice, that type of guidance. So when it came to um, being around my daughter, I had to remember the softer side. I had to remember the moments I would have with my grandmother in the kitchen and the things we would do and, you know, my mother and my, you know, my aunts and, you know, aunties and stuff. And so uh, when it came to her, you know, I think of stuff that I could do with her that's not so manly. But at the same time, as, as a male father, I wanted to teach her those things too. You know, kind of wanting to teach her daughter how some men think so that way if they're ever in that situation they know how to tend to that how to you know deal with certain situations because if you're never around a male then you don't know how to you know how to act around them you know you're never around a bunch if you're always around a woman you, your your tendencies are going to tend to want to be like that you learn it's a learning process like everything else um you know, because you you want to you certain ways you talk, uh, the way you act, your demeanor, just to, just the tone of your voice when you're talking to a girl can be uh, a a little different. You know, you you might have a deep voice, or you know, look massive to them. So 
the way you address certain situations, you have to put a softer touch to it because that will make the difference of how your relationship is, how your your reaction is. You know, she, she you know, I love her to pieces. I, I I love my daughter, and there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do for her. You know, I'm I, like I said, I'm a big family man. I'm real protective over my my wife and my you know my sisters in laws. For those who are on the podcast, uh, you know, they don't know that, but I really am. You know, because I have that softer side because I've been around a lot of women, and I done seen the mess that some men can bring. You know how certain, like I said, certain words, the way they address certain situations and and stuff like that. So when me being around a lot of women and seeing the things they went through and some of the stuff that they they dealt with or just in general life, um, it makes it a little easier for me because I paid attention then to how to address certain situations when my daughter come in. You know, when she come in because she didn't bump her knee or she scraped her elbow or, you know, just in general, she got a little boo-boo, as they say. Um, you know, your reaction can tend to be their reaction. You know, if a kid falls and you quick, you know, you quick flinching and, you, you know, you you running real fast to them, and all that, then a kid will start crying. They'll, you know, their reaction, they'll, they'll take it further than what it actually was. So, you know, you got to know how to put that, that as you, you know, they say a, a softer touch on it. Don't react real fast. Just, you know, bring them in, show them that concern, that love and concern. And, you know, I, I have a niece who, you know, love the pieces too. And, you know, watched her as she grew up and she loved falling asleep on me. I don't know. It's just something about it. My brother, my sister, my niece, my nephew, they all just like to fall asleep on me like I'm a big old bear or something. And I guess it's because of that softer side in certain moments that I dealt with them in, you know? So the way you deal with a person and you deal with a young lady uh, makes the difference, you know? Even if it's not just your kid, your wife, you know, your friends, whoever it is, you know what I'm saying? You got to have that open ear, that open heart, the open mind to whatever it may be. I think it's so interesting you point that out, like that um, managing that transition between how you deal with the person as a challenge because um, people falling asleep, like kids falling asleep on you is a sign of you offering that sense of security that yeah. men are supposed to have, right? It's it's a matter of how we define the term in our heads, you know, how we see it in practice, how we feel um, security can be executed. Like how, how do you provide security? What does that look like in real time? And sometimes it is being the person that people can fall asleep on. Because trust me, adults, we don't fall asleep in front of anybody, <laughs> especially in this day and age, right? It takes a lot for you to be willing to fall asleep in front of sure. some people. Sure. One, you don't know what they're going to do to you while sure. you sleep. Yes. If they're going to take pictures of you while you sleep, right? <laughs> so you get cut when I wake up, you know? <laughs> so you're trying to figure it out. You kind of got to navigate that. But that is another sense of security. Are you looking for a lifestyle magazine that challenges your mindset and spirit? Do you need recipes to help you eat healthier and fitness tips that target your body type and needs? Check out One Choice Magazine 
your trusted resource for wellness, personal growth, and spiritual development. Read articles that educate, uplift, and inspire readers to live well. Get the latest issue at onechoicemag.com. But that idea of um, of being present, right, and, and offering people something that they might need in the way that they need it instead of how you think they should get it is important, right? So being able to talk to your daughter in the way that she needs to be talked to instead of talking to her in the way that you've heard other people talk to their kids, right? Because it's not necessarily going to be appropriate for her mm-hmm. in the way that she needs to connect to you. So that's an interesting thought. I mean, it was a learned process. It was a learned process because, like I said, as a male and being around other males, they they tend to, men te- tend to teach, some men tend to teach their, their sons to be firm, mm-hmm. to, to never have that softer side. You know, they don't, they think if you have that softer side, you're becoming something else that they don't want. They, they say stuff like, don't, you know, men don't cry. Boys don't cry. Get up, you know, wipe yourself off and keep going, you know, which in that you have to, you know, cipher the good parts and the not so good parts, you know, get up, dust yourself off, try again, try again. That is a good thing. But at the same time, you telling him never to cry, you know, so now you're trying to hold in his cry, his pain, his his suffering that he's dealing with. Um, so like I said, growing up in a household or being in a family with majority of women and now married into a family with a lot of women, it kind of, it helped me out then now, you know? So, um, it, it just as advice and, you know, golden nugget, as they say to other men out there, take that moment to yourself you know, to deal with whatever it is, if you are that male, you know, try to learn that when you say what you say, think about what you're saying before you say it to a young man, to, to a young, you know, young woman, to anybody, you know, because you tell your daughter, you know, not to cry or your son, not to cry or not to, to do something in particular, they can reflect and change their the trajectory of their life, the motion of their life. Because when you tell, this is coming from me, a person who was told this, not cry. You know, men don't cry. You, you'll be all right. Get up and dust yourself off. You know, you have to. As a kid, you don't process. You don't. You can't process that. You're just doing as you told. And then you get older and you stick on to that old stuff. And you still 30, 40, 50 years old, men don't cry. And now you're passing that down to the next generation and the next generation. And before you know, you got something, you know, in the bloodline that you you shouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? Because you at that point, it's like a poison that you keep passing down, passing down. Everybody's sipping that poison that you're passing down. And that's not a good thing when it comes to mental health, because if you never cry, you never deal with the situations, you never seek help in the long run, it's going to affect somewhere. You know, it's going to affect your life. It's going to affect their lives and the life of the people that come with you in that process. 
You know, a lot of marriages fall apart because people don't want to deal with stuff. People don't want to sit down somewhere and talk about what they really dealing with. And I'm talking about both the male and the female. They're not willing to talk about what they really dealing with because of something that made it happen in the past, something they pro they went through, you know, being abused, being, you know, assaulted or anything, you know, anything in general. If you're not willing to deal with that and then you get in a marriage or a relationship with somebody, it's going to keep haunting you. It's going to keep bothering you. You know, it's going to keep bothering you because you're you're scared to stand up to it, to, you know, put your foot for your first foot out there to step into that doorway. You can't anybody can open the door, but you got to be willing to walk in that door. I can give you all the advice in the world. You can go to a psychiatrist, uh, you know, anybody, your minister, your pastor, they can give you all they can talk all day to you. But until you're willing to take that advice and really hone in on it and, and focus on it and do something about that situation, you know, it's just like another drug. And until you do, you willing to hit rock bottom and say, look, I'm tired of being here. I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of not being able to deal with my stress, not willing to, you know, saying I keep having strokes. I keep having panic attacks. I keep, you know, I had a heart attack until you willing to deal with these things in your life and the things you got going on with you. It's going to be hard and it's going to stay hard until you willing to reach out for help. Please. If y'all don't hear anything else, I say on here, all the jokes, all the love I have out here, please deal with the grief in your life, the stress. There are many, many outlets out here. Not just going fishing and hunting and stuff, but there's actually people you can sit down with, learn them, learn to know who they are, and, and, and share, open up. In the process of you dealing with your grief, your stress, your situations, a lot of things, a lot of things will come out that you can deal with. I had to sit down with somebody, talk to them, Learn them, they learn me. I, 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 and you saying what you've been through a lot of times will help you deal with that situation. So, I just I need people to understand that that you what you say can affect others, and at the same time, if you're dealing with something and you're reflecting out on others, you need to deal with that. People are afraid to deal with the softer side, and that's part oh, of that. yeah. And that's oh, part yeah. of that, being able There's to sit down and talk to somebody. And I'm yeah. talking to men and women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we all could benefit. I, that's the beauty of personal development to me, that you don't, and you don't have to consider it like your softest. It's still a part of you, right? Like yes. it's all a part. It all yes. contributes. It all um, constructs this identity yes. that you live in. And so if you don't find a balance between how you deal with things and recognize whether or not that's healthy, then you aren't your best self, as we like to say, right? You True. aren't living to your full potential. You aren't living out the life that, that you are destined to live because you haven't really tapped into it and understood the fullness of it. And that's a beautiful thing when you can understand that I could be strong and still cry. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to recognize the strength in 
all our emotions, even anger. Anger is a great emotion. I always look at people when they're like, I'm, I don't like being angry. And it's like, well, what do you do when you're angry? That's what you need to focus on. That's the issue. If you're doing unhealthy things when you get angry, that's the problem. Anger in and of itself isn't good or bad. It's an emotion. And what you do with that emotion constructs whether or not you handle it in a good or bad way, right? In a healthy or unhealthy way. So that's good. That's good tips. What kind of programs or events or resources would you like to see um, developed for men or for anybody who wants to kind of deal with their past or deal with some of the things that they've gone through in their life, but they don't necessarily want to go to therapy? Um, as far as men, they need we need to have uh, some form of outlet where uh, no no judgment zone. Um, kind of like they have for AA meetings where, where there are people who understand that there are going to be other people there um, who can uh, explain the same situations that they're going through in that group setting, like a circle where there's a brotherhood so they can understand that you're not alone. Because a lot of people, people don't think of um, when they come to certain situations, they don't think of men when they're coming in because of the stereotype that has been put out for many of many many of years so when it come to those type of groups being able to go into the ministries and into the the communities and, and if you feel comfortable enough or you know you you're just tired of you know not being able to have that outlet have a brother you know a group of brothers or a, you know a fathers or you know a grieving group for men to be able to sit down and say, "List, this is what I'm. This is what I've been dealing with," you know, and, and and really have the open ears to hear the advice from elders, from other people who you may be living right next door to and don't know they're going through something. A smiling face don't always mean that person's happy. Some people smiling through pain. Some people are. You, every day, you we run into billions and billions and billions of people all our lives, and you never know what a person's dealing with. Proof of that is what's going on in schools. You know, they keep having shootings at schools. Don't never know that kid. That kid in class every day never had a problem. Next thing you know, there's a problem. And if and if that kid could have had or had somebody there to guide him and say, listen, sit down with me, explain to me what's going on. Explain to me how you're feeling in this moment. How are you feeling? How you been feeling this week? How is your day going? How is your week going? You know, to have an outlet like that for men and then for our young men and then for our young little kids, then it will it will help a whole lot. It can make a big difference because that's men and female. When I say these things, I mean male and female. Um, but when it comes to that, having that group, you know, a mother on mother group, as they call it, you know, mothers giving other mothers advice, you know, fathers giving other fathers advice, how to deal with a girl, how to deal with a son, you know, because only because I'm a male don't mean a male know how to deal with a male all the time either. People get that stuck in their head because the, the, everybody has their own personality. Everybody have their own, you know, you know, thing that they have about them that's different. Because if we were all the same, 
it would be boring. So it had to be something different in there that we can have these groups, something that they can do that, that way we'll be able to speak mentoring young brothers. You know, we have the brothers and sisters programs and, you know, boys and girls clubs and stuff. But how many males do you see go into these processes? I mean, into these programs and really help. We have to get back to that kind of stuff. I truly believe that it takes a village to raise children. You know what I'm saying? A good village. Let me say that. A good village to raise children. Because, you know, I have my mother and my, and my, my aunts and my great aunts and, you know, aunties and stuff. And then, you know, who's, who's still with us. And then I have my sisters-in-law and my mother-in-law and I got a niece, you know, the first, you know, first young lady, you know. And so to have my daughter as my first child and then it's a lot of y'all, it comes, it's a blessing to me because everybody had different personalities. Everybody has, it, are in different parts of their lives. Everybody's a different age. So as my daughter growing up, she can get advice from those. You know, I have a niece going to high school. She can tell her about junior high as she going to junior high. And high school, she got aunties that went to college and and different types of school, you know, settings. So she can get that type of advice. And then when it comes to women like stuff, she can get the advice from all of y'all because that's a y'all can have that power. You know that y'all can get that sister circle going. Look, girl, look, this is what they're gonna say. This is what they're gonna try. The game don't change. And that's what I. That's the kind of stuff. As a father, I would want my daughter to learn. Because I can tell her what boys gonna act like, you know what I'm saying? Some boys are gonna act like from my you know, my 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 situations and the men around me and the boys around me is in school. But when it comes to what a girl sees and hears and process the situation, it's a little different. So that's why I say I was blessed to have, you know, a, a group of sisters, five of y'all, man, five. And then a mother who ain't playing that. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a blessing. It is truly a blessing. So that's that's why my thing come with that, to make sure that she learns. She learns a lot of different stuff. So no matter what situation she may come in, something, something, that, you know, that she didn't learn along the way will come in handy in those moments. And she'll be able to know how to process or navigate a little bit. It may not be the same situation, but at least something, you know, in her mind to click in. Oh, my auntie said they're going to say this. You know, my nana say, watch out for him, baby. You know, different stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm going to be standing right next to her in high school. And college. <laughs> it's good to hear. I, I agree. I totally agree that it takes a village to raise children and adults because yes. we're parenting ourselves every day. Yes. You have said so much in this episode, Anthony. I want to thank you for being a guest on the podcast. But before you go, let us know a little bit about what you have going on. If there is anything you're working on that you want to share with us or anything you're excited to see happen in the world. Um, no, at this time, I'm, I'm just working, um, working, just trying to provide and protect from, you know, for the family and 
learn this life of a five-year-old because it's been a long time since I've been five years old (laughs) (laughs) and things are different now compared to when I was five. So, you know, just, you know, and loving on my wife and, you know, trying to make sure I keep that contact, you know, that's another thing, making sure you're connecting with your spouse, uh, trying to carve out time and, and, life for y'all because uh, once the kids are grown and gone it's just y'all um so now uh, hopefully soon we'll be adopted parents and bring more love to the family because i feel i have lots of love to give um always like giving advice you know even you know little nuggets of of help you know because i i do that because there was nobody to do it for me you know, even the ones I thought was giving me advice, I had to decipher it because they were something different. But, you know, like I say, in all things, you have to learn. Everything's a learning process. Um, as far as poetry and all that kind of stuff, I haven't really had no time to sit down and do it because of this COVID life. Love being on the, on the podcast. You can always have me back if you have any more questions. It sounds like you're also starting a youth program group or a men's group. Sounds like there's a lot of things up there that you're thinking of. Uh, I have starting. lots of ideas. Well, there you go. But time, time is what the essence oh, is. Oh, you just got to do it with the time you have. You just got to do it. See, you can trust say, me. You've been burning candles on both ends for a while. Listen, now. <laughs> I got my green tea, and I use my 24 hours. That's all I can say. <laughs> Because as you said, like the kids are only going to get older. The men are only going to get older. And it sounds like you got a lot to give. So I look forward to seeing what you do next, even if it's a podcast. There's always space for me. Well, I might need your help with that, mentor. Well, we'll see. Well, listeners, you heard it here first. When Anthony starts this podcast, y'all be sure to go follow and listen. And we'll see. He's on Facebook. Do you want people to follow you on Facebook? Or do you have um, any way for people who listen and want to connect with you or want to talk about men's problems or how to be a father and a family? Or how can they connect with you? Um, I'm at Collier on Facebook. Okay. Uh, at this current time. All right. We'll put that in the show notes then. And thank you again, Anthony, for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. DM us at McKissick Health um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. DM us. Let us know how it went. Let us know if you like this episode of the podcast. And be sure to rate and leave a review. 